0: Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today is a solo episode. So you guys seem to be enjoying these, which is fantastic. And it's amazing to hear that feedback. So I'm going to continue doing these as often as I can. And I'm going to try and do definitely one episode a week. I may not promise two a week um, because I want to kind of push out and try to look at things from a different perspective and realize that The problems and the struggles that you may be having right now aren't your own. There's someone else going through that and I think one of the big things that kind of come through, and I'm surprised I haven't done it in 260 episodes, probably have alluded to it, but one of the big things that kind of crops up an awful lot is the all or nothing approach. So this episode is going to be how to dissect the all or nothing approach, what actually is, the tips and tools we use with clients and I use our clients on a daily basis and It can be difficult to get rid of, and it can be difficult to adjust, it can be difficult to challenge, but it is possible. And the important thing is if you are someone who is coming from an eating disorder background, it is important that you go and potentially talk to someone and look at where these things are coming from. And it is important to address the all-or-nothing approach potentially before you go and potentially go and try and lose weight. It is an imperative thing because... If you're never addressing the actual issue and you continue to try and diet your way out of things, it's just gonna end back in where you were, or potentially in not the best position where you first started, or a worse or worse and worsened worsen position. So before I go into this episode, I just want to say a massive thank you for all the feedback, a massive thank you for everything um on the last ones that I've done in relation to de- dieting without dealing with overwhelm. Uh, and the other ones as well and please do keep sharing it please do keep pushing it so before I go into anything just announcing that I've got two spaces left for online coaching and um, that if you guys are interested in work on myself I'm working on this side of stuff actually having sustainable results that it probably hopefully will be your last diet and working on that mindset towards things then head over to my Instagram at Pop me a DM head over to www.shanewalshfitness.com and the link in my bio has that and you can apply for coaching and we can oh, we can have a open and honest chat and we can have a welcome call and we can see if we are a match. So in order to look at what do-or-nothing approach is, so what it looks like is if you're constantly judging your diet, your exercise regime and lifestyle by actually labeling things as good and bad, it's important that you look at and stop that like right now It's also looking at it's also looking and calling it black or white thinking. And it's when things are viewed as good or bad. It, It often means that anything is less than perfect is perceived as a failure. So, if we actually dig into perfection, so perfection can come from trauma, grief, bullying, and comments, loads of different things. And it can be that we need to be a certain thing in order to be accepted by society and if we don't match up to those unattainable or unachievable standards, we are a failure. So having these incredibly unattainable standards sets you up to feel like an actual failure. And you start to sell yourself and tell yourself that things like that you're things like you're not good enough. And so listen to the self sabotage episode further to kind of delve into that a little bit further. If I just weigh less then or everyone is prettier or thinner than me. There's some of the sentences that could happen. The other nothing thinking keeps you stuck or unhealthy and unbalanced. You become unable to eat anything in moderation or constantly yo-yo dieting from one extreme to the other, flipping from restriction to overeating or in the case of an eating disorder, binge eating. And the big thing is, binge eating is you lose control and cannot stop even if you wanted to. And then... Overeating and emotional eating is you can stop, but choose not to because it's serving a purpose for you and you don't want to deal with the emotion that's potentially at play. So it goes from feeling motivated and excited to feel, and then it goes like, Well, I'm not even gonna bother and try and not do anything anymore. But the big sentence that I want to say to you guys is that you're not the problem. The all or nothing thinking is the problem, and that's what's holding you back. You're not holding you back, it's the thinking and potentially the education tweak that needs to be looked at. First of all, you don't need to change yourself. You are enough the way that you are actually right now. So it's about adjusting and reducing and potentially stopping the all or nothing approach that we need to look at. The first step to actually letting go of the all or nothing approach is to realise when you're doing it. So we bring awareness and we say... And we can potentially take this little test that we have here and this will help you to work out if you are a black or white thinker. So some of the things you can ask yourself, is an all or nothing approach to food holding you back from being healthy? If you can ultimately relate to one or more of the following, you probably have an all or nothing approach and can benefit from taking that absolute mindset shift and working with someone to challenge it, to work through it. So some of the sentences that could be said and I've heard on on a daily basis for the last four and a half years is I try to be good when I've eaten something bad. I often think I've ruined it already so I might as well. I eat really healthy during the week but I blow out on the weekend. Seeing a number on a scale that I did not want makes me feel like I failed. Sometimes I say I really shouldn't be eating this. I've been so good on my diet. I punish myself with exercise, detoxes, counting calories when I haven't been good enough. I've tried to quit sugar, alcohol, carbohydrates, only to binge on them later. When I overeat, I try to skip meals or under-eat to make up for my bad eating habits. I feel guilty after I eat bad food. I make myself a 30-day clean-eating, yoga or fitness challenge when I feel guilty. I lie in bed at night criticising what I ate that day. I feel like nothing I can ever do is good enough. If any of those sound familiar it means that there's an all-or-nothing approach there. And we need to think of it more from a practical, holistic approach. And some of the strategies that have helped me and have helped a lot of clients is, and I would listen back to that element of those me reading out those ones again and tick them off as you go. Some may have zero, some may have all. Um, So some of the ones can be and the kind of like the tools that have helped strategies and clients and is notice when you're stuck in this thinking pattern. So the first step to becoming aware of when you're using an all or nothing approach, often using words like always, never or nothing, will always give you a clue and will give you a clue that you're stuck in that cycle. So why not try count your success? I always talk to clients about non scale victories and celebrating those. So at the end of each day, take a minute or two to note the things that you did well that day. It can be as small as tying your shoelace. It can be as big as ever as you want to be. Just before turning off the lights to sleep, I would potentially turn around to your partners, tell them that you're what you're grateful for. This can be important because it's normal. It's a normal response to look through the negative and default through those negative flaws and faults by actually opening up and talking about or it, writing it out you're not ultimately telling or talking about the things that you didn't do well enough. Only telling yourself the things that you're actually grateful for and the things that went positive for yourself. This isn't going to get rid of the negative mentality. The negative mentality is there. It's there for a reason. That inner critic is there for a reason. It's there to protect us from fear, from judgment, all these things. It's hardwired into us but it's up to us do we actually believe it or do we need to challenge it another tool that i always talk to clients about is give yourself permission to enjoy your food throughout the week if you spend monday to friday being incredibly inverted commas, good or strict then it gets to the weekend you're going to feel like you deserve a treat for your hard work if you're a client listening to this you'll know that the word treat doesn't sit well with me because by calling it or putting the food up on a pedestal, you're ultimately taking the power and giving it to the food rather than you taking the power. Name the food. When you're feeling deprived, one cheat meal will often turn into a cheat weekend. Well, you can't cheat on your diet. You can't cheat on what you're doing with your food. It's not about being good or bad, so why not try to give yourself permission to enjoy those foods that you enjoy during the week? Have chocolate every single day. Perfect example is if you're at a birthday party or you're at a party and there is cake. And why not say to yourself, I have it, I feel like it and i often share it. Say to yourself, I'm allowed to if I want to. I'm allowed it if I want, but do I really like it? If you want it and you enjoy it, please have it. But ask yourself, am I allowed it if I want? but do I really feel like it? If you feel like it, go for it. But running away from the food won't work. The number three, the third one is adjusting your language. And the language is is a massive part of what we work with our clients in challenging that language. After a while, you can hear clients kind of like about to say something, and then they're like, hang on, no, 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 this is is my new way, this is my new direction that I'm going. Like, I get that you've been caught and taught to think that there are good or bad foods. Sins, whatever it may be. But sins is a made-up word. It's a marketing term. It's not even spelled correctly. So, enjoying a piece of cake is not bad and salad is not good. Having cake and feeling guilty about it defeats the actual purpose behind the cake. All food can be enjoyed in moderation at some time. Don't refer to food as good or bad. When generally, when people are talking about good v bad foods is like well how can a food be bad it's because it's more calories but why is more calories bad because i'm going to gain fat well one meal isn't going to gain anyone fat so the issue is the higher the kind of the values that you have that your all your values are linked to your weight your esteem your body image that's what the underlying tone behind saying good be bad is You'll notice how common, and this is the one of the things that I've noticed, is how common and kind of socially acceptable it is to label food as good or bad, black or white. But just because everyone else refers to food as good or bad, it doesn't mean you have to. Your thinking it will change when your language does, and your behaviour will, will work with it. So if you actually write out a list right now of the foods that you believe to be good or bad, You'll spot a trend. The bad ones will potentially be in higher calories, more processed food. But how are they bad? Foods have no moral compasses. So how can they be bad? They're not going to come in and kidnap your family. So how can they be bad? So you need to look and say, well, me running away from it isn't working. So potentially I need to Look at actually including it in my day, including it in my week, rather than being, in inverted commas, good Monday to Wednesday, which is where most people will give up on a, on a restrictive diet. I think it's like 60% or something like that people give up on a Wednesday when they start a diet on a Monday because they go into that restrictive mode. The other thing that we can talk about is finding the silver lining and practice being an anti-perfectionist. Like, good enough is often really good enough. Because most people can't actually define what good enough is. So if we can't define what good enough is, how can we be good enough? How can we strive for that? Doing something is better than absolutely doing nothing. Any small effort is worthy of being recognised and applauded. Tying your shoelaces to go out, putting on your jacket, putting on shorts, or whatever it may be, or your leggings. Try this instead when it comes to this. Add the word but to negative statements. For example, I didn't get exercise today, but I did get to bed an hour earlier tonight and my body needs rest. Or I ate dinner tonight, but I understand why that happened. Or I ate chocolate today, but I really enjoyed it. Or I didn't eat enough vegetables today, but I have two pieces of fruit. When I'm feeling less than perfect, repeat to yourself, I accept myself and accept others. It helps me to let go of my need to be perfect. Explanation that everyone else must be perfect too. So a lot of things that a lot of people can struggle with is the societal pressure of when you're out, like oh, well, I I need to be good. I'm on. I'm being good. Um. So I can't have this. Then it's like, well, I'm going to go on a massive cheat week, cheat weekend. And there's a perfect example of this. So this may this may sound familiar. Um. So one of my clients, um, I'm not going to name, went on a weekend away. And at the start of the trip, her friend announced that it was her cheat weekend. She planned to indulge in whatever shoot she wants to have. They stopped for dinner that Friday night, about to order burgers and sweet potato, but before they ate, The friends even started to eat. She was agonising over her choice by saying things like, I I really shouldn't be eating this. I've got so many calories, but I've been so good on my diet lately. I'll get back on track on Monday. This conversation went on throughout the meal. And every bite that person took, she told me how guilty her friend felt at that time. The friend would, quickly rationalising it by saying she deserved it because of how good she has been, and vowed, vowed to kind of tighten things and restrain things up next week. The rest of the weekend followed that same pattern. The more she indulged, the more she exper- more guilt she experienced. And the stricter she said she would have to be to make up for it, to make up for it, come Monday. But by the time Sunday night came around, her stomach was a mess from three days of overindulging. She was consumed with guilt all over the things she had eaten, and the thought of being extremely strict the next day was daunting and scary. She didn't give specifics uh, of her weekday nutrition or whatever it may be. But I could tell that she didn't enjoy it at all. It was way too restrictive. She lived for these moments. She lived for these cheat days. But was riddled with remorse and sick stomachs for days later. And that sick stomach or that uneasy, queasy feeling in the stomach was potentially anxiety, potentially a little bit more processed food, a little bit less water, a little bit less um, wholesome, nutritious food. That girl was, through no fault of her own, was trapped in the vicious cycle that so many people have experienced for years, the all or nothing cycle. And from working with people who have been there, it's often easier for someone who has come out of it to see exactly what was happening and how predicted it would play out. When I see when clients are on that all that or nothing that all that sorry, are on that all or nothing merry-go round. It looks like being incredibly strict throughout your diet during the week. Rotating the same unsatisfying foods over and over and over again. Egg whites, asparagus, all, all around, ground turkey, mince, chicken, steamed broccoli, and a few other staples in there. Monday through Friday, you just get through the week to live for the weekend. I've been there myself. By the weekend, you're kind of, you've rolled around, you're, 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 not feeling great. You're tired. You're sick of being so strict, restrictive, and sick of eating foods you hate. It. Your willpower has been zapped, and that's very similar to what the my, one of my clients' friends was going through as well. You give permission to indulge on a Saturday. The thing is, it always ends up the other extreme of overdoing it. Partly because you feel that you've earned it, or you've been good enough, or you've been so good. I've been sticking to things I'm going to... But it's mainly down to because you've hated how the way you ate during the week and you needed to find yourself, need to reprieve from it. Feeling like Sundays are full of guilt and not a well stomach. Overwhelmed by the thought of returning to your horrible diet the next day. It looks like strict... like like strict deprivation, overindulgence, guilt, lather, rinse, repeat in that cycle. So many people are at this stage and it can be a difficult mindset to challenge and that's all it is. It's a mindset to challenge. You're not all or nothing is. You're not all or nothing. Your approach is. So many people think that in order to benefit from something, they have to go all in. It's like when you're playing cards, all in. The problem with that is that for most people, the opposite of going all in is, is going well all out. Going all out is much about more than the extra calories consumed. Going all out can lead to some pretty destructive behaviors and habits. Behaviors and habits that can be really hard to break, like eating until you are unreal or absolutely stuffed like Christmas dinner, or eating anything in front of you simply because it's there. And. It's not just a detrimental approach to actually eating. When it comes to workouts, some people have had the same with all or nothing mentality. If I didn't have at least a full hour to devote to working out, you'd skip your session altogether that day. There are times where I've bagged an entire week of training simply because I skipped one session. I've been there too. I'm not immune to that side of things, but I catch myself. I identify like what's going on, but most of the time I may not have slept right. Or for the last little while, I've been unwell, so I haven't been able to. But I've done something, which is going for that walk. Like, some people can feel that the whole week was lost if you weren't able to get in every single session exactly as planned. Looking back, you realise when you get to a certain point of how silly and counterproductive that was. I compare it to like, it's like losing one pound or one euro or one dollar out of your wallet and throwing the entire thing in the garbage. Or getting a flat tire and slashing the other three. No matter what reasons I gave myself for continuing this cycle when I was in there, I certainly did not enjoy being trapped in the all or nothing mindset. I don't think anyone really does so if we're trying to break through this some of the other tools that i've used with clients and it's finding the one that like i'd use that toolkit and ask yourself those questions that i mentioned very early on the podcast i think it's like minute six or something but two of the most important things we can we can start looking at and practicing actually today would be finding your middle ground and letting good enough be good enough so if i was to look at finding your middle ground it's going to look different for every single person So your middle ground is a satisfying way of eating that you can happily maintain seven days a week. No ups, no downs. And no on or off days. No strict days and no cheat days. The middle ground is where the magic happens because it allows for better overall consistency and when it comes to results, consistency is king. Find your middle ground during the week by adding things to your foods. Emphasis what I'm saying there, th- adding things to your food or whipping up recipes that ensure you enjoy your food because like food's not going anywhere. That's the big thing. Like food's not going anywhere. It's up to us to adapt. From a caloric standpoint, you are far better off getting adding 150 to 200 calories to your day with food that you enjoy, nourishes your body, flavor, enjoyment as opposed to torturing yourself with horrible tasting food, bland foods that consuming thousands of extra calories on a Saturday and Sunday. And I put up a post recently, I was like, well, this is what you think 1200 calories looks like through either all or nothing approach, or it looks like from, you don't realize, you think you're on 1200 calories, but then when you add up the liquid calories, the alcohol, whatever it may be, it ends up potentially looking like 3000 calories on thursday friday and saturday each day and that brings you into that surplus so to kind of keep yourself from going like down the 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 kind of all or nothing approach in the weekends some of the things you can do is potentially adding in some bacon into your salad using real butter on your vegetables putting cheese into your eggs to get an omelette but the most important one that i would say is ask yourself are you a sweet or savory person if you're a sweet person well that's going to look like chocolate if you're a savory person it would look more like pancakes or crisps have those each day people will be like but what if i lose control unless you have an eating disorder you are in control You have full control over what goes from your hands to your mouth. The food doesn't have the control. You have the control. But the only way to really dig deep and say, well, getting away from that fear is having those foods every day. Running away from them isn't going to work. Running away from them doesn't work. When you don't feel restricted and love the way you eat, you don't need to take a break. You don't need a cheat day. You don't need a weekend or a vacation on your diet. The middle ground for you will look very different from me. Like, you can't rely on willpower. And if you're trying to get through every single day, utterly getting through and struggling through every unenjoyable meal through Monday through Friday, you are setting yourself up for fail. And you are likely setting yourself to experience nutritional fallout and an emotional rollercoaster on the weekends. By focusing on fullness and satiety instead of deprivation, you may find that how you eat on the weekends ends up being very similar to how you eat during the week. Eating in a similar manner every day is much more sustainable and enjoyable than being too restrictive or overindulging and everything that comes with it as well. Let good enough be good enough. Like once in a while, the, the stars kind of may align and you'll find yourself in the kitchen perfectly stocked with a variety of protein and other produce and ready for you to create a, a, a recipe or a, a culinary masterpiece. Your schedule goes exactly according to plan and you're able to devote enough time to each and every pl- planned workout and meal. However, life happens. Kids happen. Real life will happen. And they won't go according to plan all the time. This is when you have a choice. You can say forget it and go down by puncturing all your tires in a blaze of glory. Or you could could go down the route of promising yourself to start next week, which is a terrible idea. Or you can learn to navigate less than perfect real life situations like this and do your best with what's available to you in your mindset toolkit and what's best to you with your food. I don't think I need to advise and say, "Oh, well, which one are you going to vote for? Find peace in the fact that something is always better than nothing. For example, maybe the only vegetables you end up having with your dinner are a few carrot sticks that you had left over in the fridge. Perhaps your only protein source for lunch during a particular busy day is a few slices of deli meat and a slice of cheese, potentially it's a protein bar. Just because it's not grilled chicken and steamed broccoli doesn't mean you aren't getting the job done even if it's not ideal it's good enough and good enough done over and over again can make a huge difference think of the compound effect if I was to offer you 1 million euro right now or to give you 1 cent compounded over 30 days which one would you go for? so if you had waited 30 days, you'd now have money, I think, at around six million. So consistent effort, letting it take time. Not looking for that quick fix. And there's an amazing quote by Voltaire, and he says, Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. The same holds truth for your actual workouts. It's not all it's not at all uncommon for me to get to the gym, knock out a great and short workout, and walk exactly thirty minutes later. Just because you don't have time to do your entire session of programming doesn't mean you won't benefit from doing something. The days I don't want to train, or like today when I'm recording this, today's a rest day. And a rest day for some people is like, sit in the heck it's okay with that if you want. But a rest day for me is like, I'll always go for a walk, whatever day it is. The walk for me is my chance to unwind, clear my head, get some air. And that's where my ideas come from, for like the likes of the podcast or... Content or stuff that allows me to process what's going on. Some days you'll have day times where you're able to fit that hour-long workout or forty minutes workout or whatever it may be. Some days you won't. But if it's asking yourself when it comes to feeling your very, very best, every little thing helps. Getting into bed ten minutes earlier, or doing a five-minute meditation, or taking fifteen minutes leisure walk to unwind—it's all beneficial. You will get results based on what you do the overwhelming majority of the time. And being able to enjoy the process is absolutely crucial when it comes to sustainability. So listen back to those questions that I asked at the very beginning. Figure out some of the most common challenges that you are and some of the plans, the things that you're restricting, the foods that you're restricting. Learn to navigate that middle ground. Learn to look at what good enough is. Write down what's, what's good enough for you in a week. Look at, say, right. Look at what you're not. Sit down on a Sunday. Most people start planning on a Monday. It's like, the well, weeks already started on a Monday. Most people wing their weeks. And then chaos ensues. I'm not saying you need to plan every meal. I'm not saying you need to plan every single workout. What I'm saying is, if you book in some new time onto your calendar, you'll probably have a lot more structure you'll know what to say yes or no to if you have a few meals prepped it's handy doesn't say it has to be every single meal prepped if you have some sort of structure to your day or what you want it to look like it's a hell of a lot easier but if you miss one of those ask yourself is this really the end of it is this is this the worst thing that can happen I would question, is that the, the the worst thing that can happen? So, you need to look at noticing when you are stuck in that pattern. Have that food during the week. Food is never good or bad. And find that silver lining between practice and anti-perfectionist. There's a lot there. There's a lot to dissect. And this may have triggered you. This may have helped you. I don't know. But it's not you that's the all or nothing. It's the it's the mindset and the approach that you're taking is all or nothing. You're not all or nothing. Look at where you've learned this pattern from. Look at, has it ever directed you in the path you want to go? Look at and write out what diets you've tried before and why they haven't worked. Look at when you've worked with someone before or haven't worked with someone before and say, well, oh, why didn't it work? Did you commit to it? Was it fear? Was it self-sabotage? Did I go all in and then just stop after a week two? normally it's the mindset that drives most people with either food training work relationships whatever it may be but it's not you that's all or nothing it's the approach that you take this has been learned and it can be unlearned again so if you want to unlearn this use the tools that have been mentioned if you want to learn unlearn this and want assistance on the way pop me a DM and we can book in a call and I'll give you guidance on it then. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please do share it, please do review it, please do follow the podcast. Please share it amongst your mates. So thank you so much for for listening to the episode.